Good morning. How are we doing? Good. I got like show and tell this morning with a bunch of stuff. So I always love show and tell. Who liked during, like during elementary school show and tell? Was anybody a fan? Anybody have like a pet snake they'd bring in? I'm deathly afraid of snakes, so that wasn't me at all. Well, my name is Pastor Cooper Jensen. Uh, again, thanks for joining us this morning. And for those of you who are at home, thanks for tuning into the live stream. Uh, this morning, I got to kick us off into a new series. So we're going to be talking about that 21 days of prayer and fasting. And this is going to be a movement that's not just CFC-centered. This is something that the Foursquare denomination, kind of the, the tribe that we're a part of as, as a church, is doing globally. So some of the other Foursquare churches are like Life Center, Summit, the Heights Church in Airway Heights. But really, the Foursquare is global. There's tens of thousands of churches around the world that are saying, hey, we're going to take 21 days from January 10th through the end of the month to be prayerful and to pray and to fast and really seek the Lord during this time. And I think it's a, it's a good, healthy reminder that the church is not just something that like we do here in Cheney or in America and we have it all figured out, but really it's a global movement of Christ followers who are coming together to seek the Lord and to see him do some amazing, powerful things. And, and even just in the last 15 years, there's been a huge movement of the Foursquare Church in Latin America, like in Brazil. There's been literally thousands of churches started in Brazil through the Foursquare denomination, and they're seeing a revival happening. So it's really cool just to see um, the global church kind of come together, kind of all team up in one accord um, to seek the Lord during this time. And um, I think we all probably know, like, the world's a little crazy right now. <laughs> it's a little like, what's going on? So this is a good time to be together, to be prayerful, and to fast, and to really seek the Lord, and to petition the Lord for some big things um, that are going to be happening in all of our lives, and just to petition things to happen up into this new year as well. Um, this year's theme of the 21 days of prayer and fasting is going to be centered around the Lord's Prayer. Um, this is that famous one that a lot of us have probably heard maybe in movies or growing up as a kid. Um, we're going to kind of take bits and pieces of that, and you'll, you'll see them in the journal, which again, I'll, here's my show and tell part right here again. If you haven't grabbed one of these, uh, make sure you grab one. And what's going to happen is throughout the days, the 21 days, there's readings and bits and pieces from the Lord's Prayer, along with other scriptures and prayer points that will guide you along and challenge you along this process of, of praying and really seeking the Lord um, for things maybe in your life, some questions that you, have, uh, that you have that you want answers for, maybe for some things in your own family, things in our community, things in our world. They're like, I want to be praying about these things. And so this journal will help guide that along in this form that's really upward, inward, and outward, that we be people that pray upwardly, so that we're going to be seeking the Lord, really seeking him, honoring him. We'd also be praying inwardly as well, maybe doing some self-reflection, bringing some things before the Lord for some repentance, for some uh, forgiveness, and also outwardly, that we'd be people that pray for others, that we would intercede for others as we become ministers of the gospel um, to see a lost and hurting world that needs hope to find hope in Jesus. So it's going to be this upward, inward, and outward kind of form and function um, that you're going to kind of notice in this journal and that we're going to start preaching on for the next couple of weeks here at CFC. So um, Amanda mentioned 
that the kids are getting a really cool resource, and I'm super jealous, but not really because my kids get one too. Um, but the kids' ministry had this great idea of let's have our kids do their kind of own little time. So they bought, um, with, with your awesome donations, um, these books for every family to have. So it's called Anytime, Any Place, Any Prayer. It's a really cool kids' book. It takes like five to seven minutes to read, and it really sets the stage that since creation, we've been in communication with God. And from the fall, we've always been wanting to communicate with God, and prayer is that way. So it goes through different uh, Bible characters from the Old Testament and the New Testament, and how they truly gave any prayer, any time, any place. Like they were a people that prayed. And then along with that is like a little uh, workbook that you're going to also, you can go through. There's coloring pages and different cool things that maybe some of the older kids can do that can maybe challenge them as well. But we thought, hey, take this. If you have kiddos, insert it into your family discipleship time and make this a rhythm. And hopefully it'll make those 21 days of prayer and fasting more enjoyable, but also kind of like a holistic family thing as well. So today, uh, make sure you pick one of these up when your kids get picked up in the Faith Kids area. If you're at home during the live stream, um, all week we'll be here. So you can come by the church anytime and, and pick up uh, this book and this little workbook thing that goes along with it um, as we dive into this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Well, as, as a church, we believe and we also see that God's word teaches very clearly that when we pray, things happen. Things happen physically. We, 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 we see miracles occur, not only in God's word, but also just in the lives of us here in this church body, in the, in the lives of people around in this world through their, through their testimonies of just hearing God do miraculous things. But God also does things mentally and spiritually as well through prayer. There's some seasons where prayer just seems to not be answered. And we're like, man, what's going on? Those are seasons where God is just growing us spiritually, growing us mentally to continue to depend through faith on what he's doing in the grand scheme of things. But when we kind of buckle in and buckle down, we know that God does things through prayer. And so we're not just doing this series on prayer because, let's just do a series on prayer. We're truly doing this because we need to do this. As, as the people of God, we are called to be people of prayer, that we're communicating with God, that we're relating with him, and that we're truly being with him in all the times that we can. Paul says throughout the scriptures, pray without ceasing, pray at all times. That's something that we want to do because, like I said earlier, our world's a little confusing right now. It's a little, you could say, like jacked up. <laughs> and, it, and it's hard. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of uneasiness. And there's a lot of just muddiness. Prayer helps us to just recenter our hearts and minds and to truly just search not only the, the scriptures, but also what the Lord has for each and one of our lives. And it seems more, though, more now than ever that we should be praying. Again, not because it's a last resort, but because it's really a first response to what's happening in our world. So the first point is this. Prayer and fasting is not a last resort. It's not like, oh, this is all we have left. We just pray about things because, man, the world's just going to hell in a handbag. No, prayer is really a first response to the world that we live in. That whenever things happen, our first response should be prayer. It should be talking with God, talking to our Creator, talking with our Heavenly Father. Paul says a lot of times, in the New Testament, that our battle is not against 
flesh and blood. It's not against like the people here. It's really in the supernatural. There's this whole other realm that's happening. And prayer is a way that we can be a part of that battle, that we can be a part of those moments and contend for good, contend for the kingdom. And as we intercede for our communities, our families, our own lives, that we would be a people who are truly taking this prayer thing seriously. In a book I started over the Christmas break, um, it's by a pastor named Pete Gregg. He's um, a pastor in England. He also started the 24-7 prayer movement. His book is this, How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People. I feel like I'm a pretty normal person. My wife might disagree. She's like, no, you're not normal. My kids might disagree. Dude, dad, you're definitely not normal. Um, just last night, we were playing like WWF. I was like, Aah! and we we're like slamming each other. And he's like, you're weird, man. I'm like, oh, let's, let's have fun. Um, but in this, in this book, there's this notion that that prayer is something everybody does. Whether you believe in a higher power or not, it's really this, this natural way, this native language of humans that we want to connect with something. He quotes this psychologist that says, prayer is the native language of the soul. That our natural posture as humans is open attentiveness to the divine. This is not a surprise. I think as humans, we are wired to communicate with one another. But we see that in the, in the creation account from Genesis. That when we related with God and we had that great relationship, when it was broken, we were always trying to get back to that, 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 that desire, that wholeness that we needed and that we wanted to be with God. So prayer is truly native to everybody around the world. It is something that we all do, whether we admit it or not, that we are seeking for the divine, that we are wanting to connect with the divine. We believe that is the God of all gods. That is our creator, our heavenly father. So I believe as we enter into the season of prayer and fasting, we are going to come uh, reacquainted with God. It'll be like, hanging out again with our best friend and getting back up and just kind of, oh, that's right, like just getting into that that relationship again. But I also believe we're going to see miracles. I believe we're going to see major acts of God in this church and beyond. We're going to hear God stories left and right as we truly seek the Lord, as we be intentional to uh, contend for the people around us for our own lives. We contend for things in the supernatural. We pray because we want to relate to our creator and give him praise. We pray because we need to confess some things in our lives and we we need to ask for forgiveness. We pray because we need God to intervene to work a miracle. We pray because he also wants to speak to us. God wants to relate to us as well. So as we get into this conversation about prayer and fasting, let's pray. Lord Jesus, again, we just come before you with humility. And um, Lord, let my words be yours. Holy Spirit, flow through this time and let it be honoring to you as we equip ourselves um, to be a people that are praying and a people that are relating to you, Lord, um, because that is our natural desire. That's what we seek out for. And so, Lord, um, we just give this time to you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, today's message um, will be a bit of a, like, 
I guess, equipping type of message. Um, it'll also give some vision um, for just this first start process of this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Um, but talking about prayer, I thought we should probably learn from Jesus himself. <laughs> he's, he's a pretty good teacher when it comes to prayer and what it means to fast as well. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. This is in the context of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, a famous message that, that Jesus gives where he's really teaching to his core disciples. But there's some other people who kind of come in and they're kind of listening and receiving some things from him. But his, his audience really is his core disciples. And what's happening in the Sermon on the Mount is, is he's taking like the, the faith of the time, the, the, the Jewish faith. He's kind of dismantling it a little bit and raising the bar. He's saying like, yeah, you might have all these great actions and all these rituals in this faith, but it's really about the heart. It's about the heart that the Lord really cares about and is really seeking after. And so a lot of times when it comes to um, things about anger or money, Jesus directs it all back to the heart, not to be all about the outward appearance of being holy, but truly what's going on in your heart. And so he talks about this again in the context of praying as well. And you'll notice that he, he gives kind of like a bad example and then gives a good example of what it looks like to be a person when you are praying. So Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 5 through 13. This is in the NLT version as well. So when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. This is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Verse seven. And when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Verse 9, pray like this. This goes into the Lord's Prayer. And this is the NLT version, so it might sound different than maybe what you have traditionally grown up with. But he says this, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So what Jesus is doing, too, in this model of the Lord's Prayer is he's giving a description of prayer, not a prescription of prayer. Sometimes in the faith culture, people can assume this is the only way you can pray or like the best way to pray because, well, Jesus said it. He taught about it. But what Jesus is saying is like when you pray, pray like this. He's giving a good model to go from because, yes, this is a correct way to pray. There's many correct ways to pray that follow the same heartbeat as the Lord's Prayer. So really true prayer is not a technique nor a performance, but it's a relationship. It's relating with our Heavenly Father. It's relating with our Creator. It's not about looking grand and holy and all these things on the outside. It's not a performance. It's truly just you relating with God. Like it does, harkens back to that creation account. 
in the garden, Adam and Eve, they just were relating with God. They were in community with him. They were, they were talking with him. That's what we are to do as well, is not try to get this big grandiose thing going, but is truly have it be a relationship. This is what Jesus cares about. He cares not about the outward appearance, the spectacle of the holy person. He cares about the heart. Now, there's a few things um, that I think that we get from this. And, and uh, last year we made these cards and we have them again this year um, about prayer. It just kind of shows this acronym that I'll, that I'll teach on a little bit, but also a couple of takeaways from this section of scripture. But our next point is simply this. Jesus directs his disciples on a few key things for prayer. Keep it private or humble. So don't be on the, on the corners of the, of the street saying like, I'm the holiest person in the world listening to me pray. Like, be humble about it. Keep it regular. So he always says, when you pray. So he's assuming this is a part of a natural rhythm. So it's something that we should do is keep it regular, be consistent in it. And then keep it genuine when we pray. God knows you, just be you. You don't have to try to act like a certain preacher or something like this. It's just, just be you. He already knows you. He already knows what's going on deep down inside. So just be genuine. So keep it humble, keep it regular, keep it genuine. I think a lot of times in life, we can make things that are simple, like super complex. Like ordering a cup of coffee these days, you need like a graduate PhD level of coffee to even like order a cup, right? It's like I'll have the overpour, half pour, Americano, triple latte, soy milk, oat milk, like all these different descriptors. And all of a sudden, like the person's writing this order and they're like, I got no more cup room to like write all of the little things on there, right? And then the next person's like, I'll just have a cup of coffee. On, on Thursday mornings, there's a group of guys and I that go and have coffee. And, and Jordan, he's sitting right there. He's just like, Black coffee. <laughs> That's like all he has, you know? And everyone, everyone else is like, I want this, this, this. And it's always like this whole like magic thing and stuff. And it's like, it's just simple. It's just coffee, right? Uh, prayer can fall into the same category. We can work ourselves up to just make it very complex, to pray the best prayer of all time, to put in the most these and thous and all sorts of adjectives to make it sound like really, really holy, like it was in the 15th century with Shakespeare. And it's like, no, just, just be you. Because all of a sudden, we can slowly forget what we're praying about and just the heart behind it. Prayer is simply having a conversation with the best friend. But this best friend is our creator, our savior, our foundation of all things. So as we carry on in these 21 days and really beyond, we want to keep our prayers simple, but also keep our prayers honest. Make them simple, make them honest. Just make them you. Because this is a rhythm that we won't want to just have for 21 days, but really beyond as well. That's something that's just attainable and sustainable. Um, Paul, in, in the New Testament, in a lot of his prayers are fairly simple when you, when you read through them. They're always very thankful and they're honest as well. He was just being who he was. And so I want to encourage us as we go in these 21 days of prayer and fasting that our prayers are simple and they're honest, but they're regular. It's something that we can continue to do throughout our time. Now, something I also believe 
that helps in a fruitful and sustainable um, prayer life is space, is like where we're actually praying at. Uh, in the book that I referenced earlier, The How to Pray, um, the author talks about how early Christians, really early Celtic, uh, Celtic Christians, believed there was these thin spaces in the world where um, God's spirit could dwell more heavily in those areas. That's a whole theological thing that we won't go down. Um, but they kind of had this thought process that there would be more sacred areas in different places where God can really dwell. Now, we'll take this generality, though, and apply it to our life. There's probably a place for you. It might be a certain chair in your living room. It might be your commute to work. It might be a, a walking path, a running path, a fishing spot, a hunting place, a coffee shop, wherever. I, I have no idea where it might be, but, it, but you know what it means for you, where it's just easier for you to just connect, just to kind of enter in and to maybe talk to the Lord, talk to God. For me, it's mowing the lawn. We're not mowing the lawn right now. It's, we've got lots of snow out there, but I love that time. I just, it's something for me, I'm, I'm a more hands-on learner. So if I'm doing something, for some reason, my mind can just like blank out a little bit and I just can connect with the Lord and just pray. It was like some of my more fruitful prayer times when I'm just mowing the lawn um, out there in my yard and picking up dog poop and all that stuff. It's, it's super holy, picking up dog poop. I'm telling you what, it is. Um, but you know what that means for you. In that book, the author talks about Susanna Wesley um, her quote unquote like thin space was in her kitchen. This is the 17th century. She had 19 kids. Nine of them passed away in infancy. So she had 10 kids she was raising by herself. Her, her husband was in jail because he was cuckoo. But she would take her apron and just put it over her head when she was cooking or doing stuff. And all the kids knew like mom's praying. She'd do that for like 10 seconds for a couple of minutes, sometimes for hours. No, who knows? <laughs> she probably, her prayer was like, Lord Jesus, you know, during those times. But that was, that was her moment. And what's kind of cool is she was the, the mother of John Wesley and Charles Wesley, who were really like these massive movers of the gospel in the early uh, 17th, I guess eight, 18th century, when it came to the Methodist church. Charles Wesley wrote thousands of hymns for the church. And John Wesley is a very famous preacher. But that was her thin space. She just put her apron over her head and was like, I need to pray right now. Like, this is where I connect to the Lord. This is what's going to happen. So I believe as we go on in this prayer time, we got to find that space. We got to claim that space. Find it for us to kind of have that, that area to just for us to connect easily with the Lord and to again have an honest prayer life that we keep simple. Now, um, something that also can be very helpful, and it's on this prayer card as well, is kind of a model to pray if this is helpful for you. And literally, it's just the word pray, P-R-A-Y, uh, as an acronym. And then the, the other words with it, P is praise. So you start off your prayer, just praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. R is repent. A is ask. Y is yield where this is the moment where you just kind of just be quiet before the Lord and just yield to the Spirit and allow, like in any good relationship, for the other person to talk to you. If you had a friend and you just continually talk, 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 that friend's like, hey, I have some stuff to share, <laughs> right? And that's why we would yield on that. So like for this last week, P, 
P for praise. Thank you, Jesus, we got snowplow drivers in the city that clear all of our roads and all that stuff. R is repent. I swore at the snowplow driver because he plowed in my car and my driveway. I need to repent. A is ask. Lord, I'm asking for a brand new $8,000 snowblower so I can just go for it. Y is yield, and you hear the Lord say, in your dreams, right? <laughs> just one of those moments. But we praise, repent, we ask, and we yield. So again, this little acronym is on um, the, at the Next Steps table. It's also on our website. If you go to the Resources tab, just an easy way for you to just have a little resource um, with you as we start this time of prayer. We want to equip everyone um, just to be successful and to be fruitful in this time of prayer. Um, I also want to say this. On our website, on the main screen, there's the big logo that says 21 Days of Prayer. If you click that, it'll take you to our Foursquare nomination website. There's a ton of other resources. There's messages, there's podcasts, there's other books that if you're like, I want to learn more about prayer and what it means to be a person who prays, like go there. There's great links that have great resources and also other things about fasting and articles about fasting and what it means to be a person who fasts. Um, so I want to just encourage you to check that out. And also here at our church on Tuesday nights, we have a great prayer team, a great prayer ministry who is vying for um, the prayer requests that come into to the church here, but also for our community, for our nation, for our world, for one another. And so if you're like, I want to just come and just see people pray, like come. It's on Tuesday nights, 5.30 to 6.30 here at the church. We want to, it's open invite. If you're also like, well, I want to be a person who prays to earn that, like come and be a person who prays. So Tuesday nights, 5.30 to 6.30, if you want a place to pray, kind of have maybe a rhythm in your own life to kind of have something that helps you have a sustainable prayer life, join in on Tuesday nights for that. Now, as we kind of end cap our conversation about prayer, we're going to go into this conversation about fasting. So fasting is not just before a surgery or medical test. Um, fasting from a biblical perspective is a denial of a normal function for the sake of intense spiritual activity. So it's not just to get what we want. That's not what, the, what fasting is. It's an intentional act to refocus our hearts and our minds back to our need for Jesus. So and I love that definition that it's a normal function. It's pretty open-ended. A lot of different things in all of our lives that can be a very normal function. And right now, um, we have a lot at our fingertips that are like, quote unquote, normal, that can maybe take the need for Jesus away a little bit. We can get distracted more easily in this time of a lot of uh, Google this, ask Alexa that, and everything's like on demand now, now, now. Information overload is really at our fingertips. And our normal functions could just be like, well, I'll just Google it. Like, if I have a question about life, I'll just Google it. And that's what we see in these next generations is they're really searching just Google and YouTube for all the questions of life. When it's like, man, you're going to find not great things like on, on, the, on the internet instead of really searching after the Lord. Because I believe right now, we again, we need Jesus. We need to be reminded of that need in every part of our life. Even for those of us who are solid in our faith, we need that every once in a while reminder, 
It's not about the things of this world, but it's about Jesus. And it's easy to get wrapped up into all this world has to offer and the quick responses it has to offer, and it becomes very normal, a normal part of our world. But really, what we're searching after, what we really need is that healthy relationship with our creator, the Lord. We forget sometimes that we need to be intentional in this relationship with Jesus as it being the most important relationship. And when we fast, we're saying, I'm gonna deny some normal things in my life for a certain amount of time. I'm gonna deny these things. It's gonna be kind of hard. It's gonna be a, a bit of a sacrifice. It's gonna be uncomfortable. But I'm gonna deny this so that I can refocus and be reminded of my need for Jesus. So as a church, and as a global Foursquare church, we're saying for 21 days, we're gonna deny some normal functions. And we're not telling you what to fast from. We're leaving that up to you. But we're saying like, hey, this is something that we wanna do as we be intentional in our relationship with Jesus. So 21 days is what we're choosing. Scripturally, fasting can be from a day to 40 days and even really beyond. It's really just something that the Lord calls you to, but we're, we're saying we're going for 21 days, three weeks of denying a normal function to refocus on our need for Jesus. So that when we're interceding in prayer for our communities, our families, our own things in our own life, we are doing so with even more heightened intention and even more heightened purpose that we're saying, I'm, I'm sacrificing things during this time to truly, truly be intentional in prayer and to seek the Lord for answers, to seek the Lord for what he is doing in this world. I believe we want to see a change in the world for Jesus. We want to see a change in our family, a change of direction amidst the confusion of, of life, that this is the step of obedience that we are called to do. In, in the book of Acts, in the early church, they were always praying and fasting. They were in a very, very confusing time as the church was starting. What they did is they prayed and they fasted, seeking the Lord for direction. And yeah, it'll be a bit of a sacrifice. Romans 12.1, Paul reminds us that we're called to be a living sacrifice. We're called to offer our bodies to God. This is part of that process. So yeah, it's going to be a little uncomfortable. For some, it might be food. That might be the thing that is a normal function. I know I get super hangry, and like food is like my comfort a lot of times. And so my wife and I are like, we're kind of nixing in the food for a while. We're not like going to like starve to death, but we're going to have certain rhythms of our week. We're just not going to be eating um, to really focus our need back on Jesus. For, for some, it might be social media or just the entertainment aspect of what's happening, where that's kind of something that's a normal function of your life that really distracts or takes away. So it might say, hey, for 21 days, I'm not doing social media. I'm doing a social media fast. It could be the news outlets, whether it be reading the paper or watching news on the TV or the articles on your phone. It might be something for a while you're just saying, I'm going to deny these things for a while to refocus my time on Jesus. It just be your phone. There's this uh, thing, I've talked about it before in other messages, but it's called the dumb phone challenge, where if you have a smartphone, you like literally delete all the apps off of your phone besides call and text and maybe like GPS if you need it. And that's like it. 
Uh, you don't have anything else on there, and you just live that way. And you can maybe even charge your phone in a different room, maybe, not like next to your bed as your alarm clock. So then it's not there the first thing you wake up. It's not there when you go to bed. Um, and we can all use those things that we used to use 15 years ago called alarm clocks. They still sell them at Biomart. I just saw them there a couple days ago. They're there. They're, they're still a thing, alarm clocks. Um, but that could be a part of maybe something that you're going to deny. And so when the need arises or when that normal function kind of hits a little bit, you're like, man, I, I want to check my social media account. Or, man, I'm really hungry, but I'm fasting from food. That's like that reminder that you say, man, that's not my comfort. That's not my hope and need. Jesus is my hope and need. And you refocus your heart and your mind back to the Lord. And that's a reminder to even just pray for that quick thing that you're praying for. Maybe it's your family or something in your life, some direction that you need. That's a reminder in that moment just to do a quick, simple prayer, an honest prayer of whatever it is. So as we go on in this time of fasting, we might find that we have more time in the day, that we're not just binging the latest Netflix show or whatever it might be. That's the time that we can substitute with some more prayer. Maybe it's journaling. You start a journaling habit. You start to be a part of um, what we're doing in these 21-day journals or you have some more intentional family time using the anytime, any place, any prayer book. But you start to substitute in some more intentional things when it comes to prayer and connecting with the Lord during this time. So it's not just, you just, oh, I'm just going to be mad that I'm not eating food or I'm not on my social media. Ugh. No, it's about your heart posture and relating back to your need for Jesus and re-entering into that relationship with intention as we seek the Lord. But whatever you choose to fast from, make it intentional and make it real and make that time intentional with Jesus. So if you go back to that Matthew account in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaches on fasting. He says this in verse 16. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. So again, he's like, don't try to just make the outward appearance like you're super holy. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, so again, it's like he's expecting this is something part of your natural rhythm. Comb your hair and wash your face. And no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. So again, it's about the heart. It's not about the appearance. So I believe, as, as I said earlier, that we're in some confusing times. Like I also said, the church, the early church was also in confusing times. Jesus was no longer with them, though his spirit was. They were being persecuted. They were being murdered. Their leaders of the church were fishermen, people who were uneducated, and also Paul, who used to murder them. <laughs> like at their church, those leaders of their church, they're probably like, man, we're not batting a thousand right now, like on like the stat chart. But what they did is they would pray and they fast. And they would trust the Lord's spirit for how he was leading and how he was guiding and what he would do. When they were in jail, they're like, oh, there's our two good leaders. They're in jail. Like, I guess we're going to be done. No, they would pray and fast and miracles would occur. They were always driven back to a focus on Jesus, which I believe is just like the Lord's Prayer starts. It's this upward focus for our hearts and our minds back to God. Our Father who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. We're just looking up to Jesus. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is a focus on the Lord. Not on what we want. We're saying, your will be done. Your will be done. And I believe the greatest commandments for God's will to be done are to love God, which is obey his word, and to love people. I believe that as we start to carry this out with intentionality, we will come into contact with many of God's stories. We will be in positions to reevaluate how we look at others. Our perspective on things in this world will change, and we will see Jesus at work. So I want to challenge us and encourage us to, to dig in, to commit to this time. Let's, let's do this thing. Let's pray and fast for 21 days. Let's, let's grab these journals. Let's, let's grab the resources. And let's, let's hit it on with intentionality as we truly believe that the God that we all show up for on, on a Sunday is not just a God for this hour and 10 minutes, but it's 24-7 and that he does things, that he works miracles and he will continue to work miracles in this world. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we continue on in our lives with a heart of prayer and a heart of fasting, um, Lord, just give us direction. If we're, in a, if we're in a season of life that is super, super hard, Lord, let us just come before you to just simply be ministered to our hearts are broken, our spirit is weak, Lord, you restore. So in those moments, let's just come before you in prayer for restoration. Lord, for some of us who are looking for clarity on things, provide clarity, provide direction. For those who are looking for healing, provide healing. For those who are looking for restoration in relationships, let that occur, Lord. Lord, Use us to be ministers of reconciliation. God, as we focus on you, let us be reminded, like we just did this morning with, with communion, that you have given us all that we need. And we trust in you. So Lord, as we go on with our, with our, with our weeks and our days, we just, we just honor you. And we just, again, declare that you are at work. And Lord, for the global church family too, I'm just excited to, to see and hear God's stories that are gonna occur as, as God's people just connect with you with intentionality for the next couple of weeks, Lord. So we pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. So just a quick reminder, um, out at the Next Steps table, there's uh, that card on prayer. There's also a little card on fasting. If you have some more uh, questions about fasting, maybe this can answer it. It's also on our website. And then um, for families, we got the little anytime, any place, any prayer books. And then also um, that, that text line. So every day we're going to be sending out texts um, with the Bible verses that the journal has in it. But sometimes it's just nice just to get that to your phone. So you can text the word Bible to 43506. That'll get you a part of that text thread as well where it just sends out those daily scriptural reminders um, that we have in our journal. So, all right, well, I'm excited for this journey. 
And um, again, we are praying for you. Be praying for us, and we'll see you guys soon. All right.